Hey everyone, it's Salman Qureshi. You're listening to the Expat Brat Podcast. What's going on, people? I hope you've been having a great few days between the last episode that I released and now. And it's just everything's just been wonderful and you're having a great time. And you're going around singing, I the time of my life and on and on and so forth i really should cut out singing for my episodes uh, you know i'm i'm uh I, i'm pretty much uh, frowned upon uh <laughs> no no how do i explain this i i do improv shows and we do one night which is musical improvisation and uh i i'm pretty much you know kind of like banned from it like the people would pay money not to have me sing on one of those nights. So it's uh, just a little secret. But other than that, I hope you've been having a great time, you particularly, and that you don't have singing problems like I do. I I think, I don't know what dismayed me more about my life. Uh, the fact that I didn't grow tall because I loved playing sports and I fancied myself as a bit of a sports person, particularly basketball. I was very good at basketball until everybody outgrew me. It was really sad in school. I was one of the best players till till everyone hit puberty. <laughs> and then I couldn't reach like above their shoulders and stuff and became a, a block fest. And I just kind of like left my interest in basketball because of that. And um, it was the same. I, I, I chose to play cricket. And guess what I what aspect I fell in love with? Fast bowling. <laughs> it's the one aspect of cricket where height is essential, right? There are other, that's one of the beauties about cricket. The You can get away with lack of height. In fact, some of the greatest batsmen, uh, batsmen have been uh, short. Uh, some keepers have been short, but nope, I had to fall in love with fast bowling. And so that kind of didn't pan out. I don't know if I'm more disappointed about that or the fact that I couldn't sing because I love dancing. And so the other thing I kind of fancied myself back in my early childhood was was to be a performer, uh, but well, I am a performer now. I meant like a performer, like a uh, a boy band, <laughs> not a boy band. I didn't have any fixed genre. I don't think would I have gone into pop or rap, or I, I guess I like dancing. So maybe that was part of it. Like I did want to be up there on stage singing and dancing. I got the dancing part fairly okay. Uh, I don't think I'm a terrible dancer. <clears throat> Well, at least before my knee operations and stuff. But my singing, never never had any talent. I'm tone deaf. I am completely tone deaf. When people talk to me about music and they go, hey, listen, there's the beat and you get in on this part and just feel it. <laughs> I really don't understand. They don't realize like tone deaf people like myself, I think I'm tone deaf, is that they it's like asking a blind person to go look all you have to do is look <laughs> right or or a deaf person say listen just hear me out <laughs> that's the equivalent of someone trying to make me understand singing uh yeah so i don't know which part was more disappointing i i think i think both of those things for there are things every kid wants to be anyway right so i guess 99% of us end up being disappointed in our lives because how many of us become uh, huge stars? Forget the forget the huge star thing, like find the career at that time. You're too young and stupid to be guided and you have to be really lucky to have the right parents, the right support system, which wasn't there back in, um, in, in the 80s in, in the Gulf because schooling systems were still 
raw, uh, not developed properly, or at least not evolved into what kids get nowadays. And so, you know, no one was there to kind of guide you into these careers. Uh, it also seemed like a distant dream because all of it was happening in places like America or America, right? So <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't think about like, there wasn't any NBA to aspire for in, in the Middle East or in any part of the world, really. So that, that aspect, I think, played a big part as well. And of course, same with the singing or the acting and all that kind of stuff. Just, you know, you just didn't, you, all you saw in front of you were people who were doctors and that was praised. So that's what you became. Okay. I, I don't blame, I don't blame parents completely. It was just, this is that time, uh, that generation. And uh, th that was what the reality was at that time. So where am I going with this, man? I, uh, just, just the fact that, I know I got into this without thinking really what's this episode about man uh I uh my point is I'm jealous of kids who get told you can be whatever you want right to me it's just like I wish I could go back in time but be a kid in this time or <laughs> go back with the knowledge I have and redo this with this anyway that's just life and regret uh I I enjoyed I I've been lucky to kind of get into things uh, i had a great show in fact you know just a just a shout out to everybody who showed up in in uh at the theater it was uh, so rushdie and i my fellow comic rushdie rafiq shout out to sal and rushdie do our other podcasts which i do with him uh and also other stuff that we do together uh we we do a show called sal and rushdie do comedy and that's our live version where we bring on uh, we do a little bit of stand-up ourselves and we bring on uh, some of the other comics around uh, and and just have a great night. And uh, this prior Monday, uh, we we try to do it the first Monday of every month, but that might change. Just keep a lookout for it. I'll I'll, I'll add it in the description. Our details of that show, but it was really good. So I, I was uh, I was really happy with it because we had a great crowd and I, I had a great time. And I saw other comics just kill. We had uh, Ima who's just who's just killing it on the comedy scene in the UAE. Uh, her husband Amr, I just love his uh, stuff as well. Really good. And then uh, there was a this girl called Rebecca. Uh, all really good stuff. Rushdie brought his character stand up onto the stage as well, which I always. Uh, you know, he's just one of the funniest guys I know in stand-up ever, all right? I'm just putting it out there. It's why I'm friends with him. It's why I stay close with him because I, you know, I'm just, I, I just believe he's going to become like this really great comic and then I can like kind of be his groupie, uh, feed off him for a couple of years, you know? That's that's the master plan. Um, I just hope uh, he translates his talents into material success for my sake, and <laughs> I think this is kind of uh, revolving around my head because I'm listening to Grant Hill's uh, audiobook, his autobio, um, and uh, it's uh, it's a good book. It's a good story. He was fascinating to me in the '90s because you know it was around that time, and my they were looking for the next Michael Jordan, and then Jordan kind of came back and stole the show again for a few years. But he, he, there was this famous Sprite ad. Uh, that was the anti Be Like Mike ad, basically. Um, and it consisted of Grant Hill uh, dunking and, you know, just playing and these kids watching him and they go, <clears throat> one of the kid goes, Grant Hill drinks Sprite. Grant Hill drinks Sprite. And so he's associating that, you know, drinking Sprite will make me like Grant Hill. He drinks 
it gets a bottle of Sprite, he drinks it, tries to dunk, fails. <laughs> and so um, I forget the exact tagline, but it was something along the lines of um, uh, uh, just quench your thirst or just drink it for, you know, it was the message was you, you come to Sprite when you want to uh, have, uh, just want to drink something and not turn yourself into uh, a popular basketball player or whatever. Uh, I don't know how it worked. I thought it was catchy. Um, and so he was kind of cool at that time. And I, I guess he never became uh, the big dog and won championships and all that. And, you know, just didn't like turn into that uh, superstar, superstar legend kind of thing. Uh, pretty good career, was a good player. And anyway, in, in one part, he, go, he talks about how when artists um, or, or athletes or whatever, when, they, when they're new and they come across this money, and especially the ones from his generation onwards, these guys are raking in millions of dollars, man. Why am I not a basketball player in this generation? I mean, I'm not a basketball player in any generation in my life, but I wish, if anything... I could be an NBA player right now, just starting my career. Can you imagine in any other field, right? You walk in. I don't know what other industry has this, where you walk in as a complete freshie and you're thrown like millions of dollars at you. That's incredible. I Yeah, that's what I want. That's what everybody wants, okay? So <clears throat> he talks about uh, the problem with your old friends and his dad gave him some advice that uh, was pretty cool he says uh don't go out with your old friends or any friend uh by taking you 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 all should have the same amount of money in your wallets when you go out right and the point was don't start picking the tab up for him for them and Grand Hill talks about the advice, but ignoring it. And then, you know, initially a couple of his friends are hanging out with him. And because they're going to kind of upscale steak places, he picks up the tab a few times and they're thankful. And then he's like, at some point it turned into uh, like, uh, not like just a given, right? An expectation. And he said, I got resentful about that. And his, his dad's advice came back to him, who was also an athlete, but like an American football player. Anywho, I thought that was cool. I just hope Rushi doesn't hear that uh, and pick up on it because uh, I completely want him to be picking my tab up when we go to these fancy uh, safe places. Uh, it's the same thing you see in other things like Mike Tyson's documentary right now, Ric Flair's one, which I'm watching right now. That's really cool. Flashback to the 80s. It's so wonderful. Um, I've gone off on a different tangent, but just, just a quick thank you to the people who did the show. I was really happy and proud with myself because I, I did some old bits, but I finally like tried out, uh, read a few new jokes, rewrote them, and some of them really landed pretty well. So I was um, I was quite happy about that. You know, uh, just trying to write my new special, man. It's uh, some days are just so hard, you know? Uh, some days you're inspired and you're jotting down stuff. But I think that's a little bit of a, if you're if you're an artist or you're starting out writing of any kind, whether it's stand-up comedy or whatever, I've realized you kind of fool yourself a little bit. Just because the days you're writing a lot doesn't mean you're actually on a roll, as people say. It's It just comes down which day what joke, at the end when you bring the joke out or when you release your art in whatever form you're doing it in, it's the reaction of, of, of the people to it that really, really is the final kind of answer, yeah? Uh, and it's not to say, like, you, you've got to give your entire self of being or something to audiences. I think some people, some artists get annoyed about that. But I do think 
it's uh, that acceptance is important at some level because if you're just doing art for yourself, that's kind of selfish. It has to be art that people can sometimes relate to as well, especially in something like stand-up comedy, man. If they're not laughing, what's the point? Anywho, uh, so some days I do write a lot and I think I'm on a roll, I'm doing great. Some days I write two lines, man. The whole like writing session, I've got two lines. But sometimes it's that joke, that one joke while I was standing around, while walking around, that clicks so much harder than the day I wrote 10 million jokes. So yeah, I guess, you know, it. that's the life of an artist. You just keep producing and hoping that the people will like it, nah? I don't know what accent that was. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, that that was uh, that was the show. Catch it again next time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be constantly doing a lot of new bits, uh, hitting up uh, some of the other venues around Dubai too. Um, uh, the... The Ric Flair thing, though, that's really cool because it got me on a little trip to the 80s as well as I was watching it. And I remember him. I know he started in the 70s, but my experience of him was through the 80s, mostly after he had moved to the WWF, already a big name. Uh, I loved and hated him. He was super annoying. And I was a big Hulk Hogan fan. So, you know, it was just like a natural hatred for anyone who was against the Hulkamania, right? So... I just had that thing going for me. But it's a very interesting documentary. It's on Disney+. Plus. I like it. It's uh, He's a big part of it. He's being interviewed through it. And there, there's a lot of footage around and a lot of uh, history and story. And I guess it's a... Uh, I don't know. I haven't finished it yet, but it's it's really good. So I'd, I'd recommend that one. Anyway, this is something I was watching. and uh, but But that 80s trip, right, for some reason... The last few days, I've just been hung up on like wanting to watch some reruns. Uh, I don't do that enough. I don't do too much nostalgia, although I really listen to Michael Jackson way too much sometimes. Um, but ALF has been on my mind. I don't know how many of you guys watched it, and I was re-looking the show and some of the stuff on it. And I was for the first thing, I was shocked that there were only four seasons. And that's why I was kind of upset to know that. So, so many TV shows that had such longer runs that were so far crappier. If you haven't watched ALF, it's uh, it's about this alien that lands in the U.S. Well, you know, it doesn't sound unique now, but back then it was a cool story. And he lands in a, in the American suburbs into this family, the, the Tanners. Yeah, I remember that name, the Tanners. And um, I think Alf's real name is something else, and Alf stands for alien life form. And the the father of the family names him Alf. Uh, I don't know why, but it's kind of shitty, right? A little bit about immigration, though, right? It's like Alf's like my name's uh, I've got a name, and they decide to call him Alf instead. So was it deliberate? Was it like oh my god, I'm just having like this insight as I'm talking about it, or was it just uh, uh, just I don't know, just to mark him out more clearly i gotta go watch a re uh, rewatch those shows to to the, the pilot might have that answer why was he named like that but so interesting you know <laughs> and it wasn't even like his real name was a, a weird alien name it was it was what it was like i think it was gordon gordon yeah that was it i i think it was gordon i have to look this up give me a sec all right uh <laughs> this was he lands in uh, okay, Gordon Shumway. Yeah, and his uh, the planet he was coming from was uh, um, it's right here. Where was it from? 
he lands from Melmac. I remember that, Melmac. And they used to eat cats and stuff. <laughs> it just sounds so bizarre, but that was the 80s. It was such a fun show. It was a family show. I loved it. I loved Alf. I thought, apart from the, it was a, it was a comedy, but there was so much, uh, there were such good moments in the show, like really, like, you know, touching moments, um, showing him, showing his culture shock, like the guilt of being the, because his planet explodes. I think, you know, his guilt of being uh, the only survivor, uh, sometimes just being bored, you know, and, and obviously loneliness because he was the only thing. And his difficulty with like trying to eat the family cat because, you know, back home they ate cats and that was something he liked doing. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a lot deeper than people think at first, uh, but it really touched those emotions. And even as a kid when I was watching it, it was just a show that stayed with me because of those great moments, I think. Um, and that's... Uh, that yeah that just it just left a real big impact on me and i hope and then i had heard that they were going to reboot it i wasn't very happy about it at that time because i hate reboots and stuff and ruining my childhood but it's not for me i guess it's for the new generation whatever uh screw y'all um but the but then they didn't it got lost somewhere and i don't know what happened with it and now i regret it because i think a show that was given only four seasons definitely should make a comeback I hope they can keep a lot of the original feelings and looks of the whole thing about it. Uh, obviously not the original cast. They would have aged quite a bit. Late 80s. Yeah. I don't even know if they're alive. I hope they are. I'm just over. Coolio died, man. Coolio. All right. Coolio. Shit. Oh, this is Bob Saget and Coolio. Oh, man. Just my real big moments in my childhood just disappeared. Oh, that's crazy. Um, Yeah. That was this. Anyway, I'm getting freaked out now a little bit because it's we're hitting the last quarter of 2022 as well. And, you know, the beginning of this year, I hit some... I, I, I've had a good year being very, like, honest with myself about it, so I'm quite happy. But my key thing was, like, there, there were three, four main goals of the year, and I was doing so good up until about, like, the six, seven-month uh, part. And then it just took two busy months and being distracted that just ruined all, a lot of the work I had done. So I'm kind of like just really annoyed with myself. At the same time, I'm trying to calm myself down by looking back and going, okay, these are the gains I have made. I am overall better in most positions and I'm on the way. But it was nice to just kind of reflect and go, right, we're hitting October, November, December. It's time to pull up my socks and really hit uh, you know things hard. So the last two, three, Two, three days, I've I've started hitting the gym again. I was just doing this to motivate you guys as well, yeah? Um, I started eating a bit clean again, trying to watch my intake. Man, I love food. I know I keep going on about it. I don't know what to do about it, guys. So I'm, I'm working hard at it. I think, you know, it's nice to uh, just, just really give a real push. I think everybody kind of does it the last quarter. But it's nice. It's nice to have that little kick. It's nice to have those numbers and nice to go. I'm hitting something. I... I am generally not this organized. I'm generally not a numbers guy, but this year I really took down like stats and really checking on, measured a lot of things. And I'm so glad I did that because it makes, it just clarifies so many things for you. 
right? The amount of writing I do, the weight loss, the my growth in whatever areas I'm working on, it just became so much more concrete. So I'm really happy about it. And on that note, you know, I just want to get, uh, I want to hand over the mic to my, my pal here uh, for the top self-care tip of the episode. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Salman. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, guys, gents, boys, uh, everybody. Uh, today's uh, top self-care tip of the episode, it is being uh, coming from Ramesh. That is me. That is I, in fact. Uh, I'm fixing my grammar as I speak along this way. Look, guys, the simple fact is you need to be taking care of your skin. Huh? Moisturizing. The simplest thing you can do and the best thing you can do for your life. I know, I know. Some of you are like shaving the body and the skin and the face so much that you are thinking exfoliation naturally. Huh? That is a stupid thought. You need to be using the moisturizer. If you're not in this century, not using the moisturizer, what you are doing? Especially for the, my friends who are living here in the Middle East with me, man. What are you doing? They, we are in the place where sun is shining everywhere on you. The sun is shining on you on places where the sun shouldn't be shining. That is where it's going. So much sun we are living in. So moisturize, make your face and the skin really healthy. And the ladies will be coming to you by themselves. Promising you. Wallah, promise. Okay. Thank you, Salman. That is the top self-care tip of the episode. Okay. Th thanks, thanks, Ramesh. Um, yeah, I hope that's useful. It's very basic stuff. But for some reason, some of these things uh, people don't do. It's just a good reminder for me too, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's... Um, that's your top self-care tip. You please act on it and uh, and just make some make a difference to your life. Hey, listen, I I, I want to ask you guys a, a favor as well for to my listeners. I'm looking at some T-shirt designs and some apparel that I want to put out there for the Expat Brad podcast and for Salman Qureshi, my comedy side, some merchandising a little bit. If you guys um, have anyone who's a good designer or have some design ideas of the kind of stuff you'd be interested in wearing and buying, then really appreciate if you drop me a message on my Instagram at, at Expat Brad Podcast. It's um, and and send me some of those suggestions. I'll leave a, a story with that question on that as well. So throw me some of your ideas. Help me out here. Uh, I want to see what I can put out there. That stuff that people actually want is useful. And it's cool, and it represents uh, the whole idea behind this. So, uh, yeah, help me out with that, guys. In the meantime, I have uh, I, I've got to go back and start doing some stuff. Uh, I, I'm hitting more shows. I've got more shows lined up in general, so I'm going to be listing them out again on my Instagram handles at SalmanZQ as well, uh, on the description of these podcasts as well. So just you know, spread the word for me on that too. Uh, I want to take uh, the new special on a tour very soon. I, I'm hoping to complete it by December and then start off in 2023 uh, going around doing it and, and finish it off then. So that's the goal. Uh, Got to get back to it and work on it. Uh, in the meantime, you know, some of the songs, uh, I haven't heard any good new songs actually. So tell me some good new music to listen to as well. Um, little, if you haven't caught my thing on the stories, then follow uh, my friend Rami, you'll find him on uh, his inst his Instagram link to mine. I think if you Google Rami uh, and blah, it'll show up. He's he's a fellow comic as well. Uh, great guy. He does these Monday uh, music clips on Instagram, and uh, he's uh, he, it's really cool. 
He, I, I think I've spoken about it before, but just give him a follow. Yeah, he talks about uh, great albums. He's got these LP records and he recommends music. I, I use that to decide what I'm listening to for the week. It's really cool. So please do check that out and uh, enjoy the show. Let me know what you think about the Ric Flair documentary as well. I'm watching a few other things that I'll review in the next episode. Uh, I hope you've had a great time. Thank you so much. And also one last thing, a lot of love. I should have put this right at the beginning, to be honest. I'm sorry. I had a lot of people who came to me about the last episode and it was really nice and heartwarming how many people reached out. It was about my kids' autism and stuff and, and the idea wasn't to talk about my own kids' autism, just just that, but it's more about getting that conversation going and getting people to be okay with talking about it. Uh, parents who are worried, uh, you know, just, just a lot of people feel shame or guilt or something, whatever is the reason stop it and, and get out. But I, I just want to shout out to everybody who reached out with a lot of love. And that's what makes the world go around people. So that's really nice. And on that note, I'm going to say goodbye because I got to run and do things. So goodbye, or as a dog would say, woof. <laughs>